Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie in England and Mark Broadhurst, of course, in Germany. Welcome back everyone. Good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to the show. Uh, another good weekend of Bundesliga action. Lots of goals, especially on the Friday and the Saturday, so... Uh, we will be getting straight into it and, and digging into all sorts of stuff. Uh, the demise of Schalke and uh, a title race, which is starting to emerge as well. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that, as well as a new guest, which is fantastic. Uh, we're really looking forward to, to having on our guest, which I'll be introducing in due course once we've gone through the usuals. Uh, of course, if you're new to the show and you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, please do click that big red button in the corner. Make sure you click on notification so you don't miss out on anything. Uh, we've got lots of shows coming out most of the week, at least three times a week. So, yeah, make sure you get on those notifications so you don't miss out. Um, so, yeah, without without further ado, we'll go on to Mark from Mark's mystery anagram to go through last week's answer and this week's, and then we'll be cracking on. So, yeah, so let's start off uh, by obviously looking at last week's Mark's Mystery Anagram, which, as you can see on the bottom of your screen, was Rich Hiker Hole. So that's three words, Rich Hiker Hole. So actually, we got nobody who got it correct that week, either on the live chat or in the uh, the comments. So come on, guys, that's two weeks in a row now that nobody's got it right. So come on, we need to we need better from you guys. You know, I think we cursed it a few weeks ago. We said that everyone was getting them right. Then we made them more difficult, and now nobody can get it. So come on. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to reveal the answer. So hopefully some of you guys who are listening on the podcast got it correct. And it was actually, it was Augsburg's uh, excellent manager, Heiko Herrlich. So, yeah, come on, guys, you've got to do better next week. So I'm, go I'm going to reveal the anagram for week 23 now. So let's have a look on the bottom of the screen. As you can see, it's Enable Oily. <laughs> Good name. So remember, guys, it has to be a player, a club, or a coach related to the top tier of the Bundesliga system the first Bundesliga, so it's enable own oily. So that's two words, E-N-A-B-L-E, -E, enable, O-I-L-Y, oily. So hopefully you guys, someone's going to get it right. Remember to comment in our uh, comment box and also on the live chat when we go live on Monday evening as well. Obviously, make sure that you do uh, kind of uh, – connect with us and try and write down your possible answers for the week 23. So that brings an end to the Mark's Mystery Anagram for week 23 of the Bundesliga season. So let's have a look at the results from this week. So I'm just going to quickly go through the results of week 23. So starting on Friday, at the shock of the week, we had a 2-1 win for Werder Bremen against Eintracht Frankfurt. Then moving on to Saturday, we had 5-1 win for Bayern Munich against FC Cologne. We had a comfortable 3-0 win for Borussia Dortmund at home to Arminia Bielefeld. Then we had Stuttgart won 5-1 as well against Billiga Schalke. I feel like I say that every week. Then Wolfsburg with another clean sheet and another win, 2-0 at home to Hertha Berlin. Then we had RB Leipzig with the game of the week. We predicted it was going to be the game of the week, and it was. It was a 3-2 comeback win for RB Leipzig at home to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Then we had Union Berlin. Uh, on Sunday, we had Union Berlin playing at a one-off goal with Hoffenheim, who were eliminated from the Europa League on Thursday night. Then we had the big game at the bottom, really, with Augsburg getting a 1-0 win away against previously improving Mainz. And then we had another, well, I'm not even sure that I'd call it a shock this week, to be honest, Rory, but it was a 2-1 win for Freiburg away in struggling Leverkusen, who were also eliminated from the Europa League in midweek. So, yeah, that's your nine games, your nine results from week 23 of the Bundesliga season. So, as Rory previously stated, we do have a guest for this week. So, over to Rory to introduce him. 
Absolutely, yeah. So we're very lucky and um, very fortunate to be to be joined by Rune Goyuf, um, who is editor in chief uh, of BullyNews.com. So that is basically a website uh, that is everything that you need to know about the Bundesliga and German football in English. Uh, so obviously for all you English speaking fans, I'll obviously will be watching the show regularly. That is a fantastic website to visit for all your sort of Bundesliga news, uh, gossip, transfer news, anything like that. Rune has got you covered with Bully News. Uh, Rune also is on Twitter. Uh, you can find his page at Bully News uh, if you search for it or at bullynews.com you will find him he's also on facebook and instagram so he's all over the place so without further ado let's get him in hi guys how are you evening rune how's it going very well thank you Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show this evening. Uh, obviously, we, we know that you're you know you're editor in chief of Bully News. So before we get into our featured games, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about about the website and and just where you know where everyone needs to go in terms of finding it? Yeah. Um, well, I created the website a few years ago, and uh, yeah, as you said, it uh, it covers uh, German football in general and with a specific focus on the Bundesliga. Um, and uh, it's actually all kinds of articles, news articles, profiles, uh, longer in-depth uh, columns, for instance. Uh, we have a weekly uh, tactical focus and we have a weekly look at the uh, US internationals uh, playing in the Bundesliga, or the US players. Um, so we have some, uh, we also have some regular uh, fantasy articles uh, for the fantasy Bundesliga games. Uh, so we also source for that. So uh, yeah, pretty much everything, uh, everything about yeah. the Bundesliga. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. So yeah, over to Mark then for uh, for introducing what's going to be featured for this week. Great stuff. Yeah. So obviously OTB's feature for this is what me and Rory we have a discussion before the the show and we discuss what we thought were the most interesting or the most important four games from the Bundesliga every week. So yeah, I think obviously there were a lot of good games, especially on the Saturday afternoon uh, this week. Yeah, but I think there's no better place to start with the with the comeback kings this week which was obviously uh, every German person's favourite Bundesliga club, RB Leipzig, with a 3-2 <laughs> win over Borussia Mönchengladbach, who just seemed to be going backwards and backwards under Marco Rosa since, obviously, he announced his move to uh, rivals Dortmund. So, Hune, what, what did you think about that game? And do you think, uh, did Leipzig deserve the three points or do you think Gladbach can consider themselves a little bit unlucky in this game? Uh... I think I think at the end the Leipzig deserved the win, but but looking at the first half, uh, it actually looked like it was a pretty strong response from Gladbach to to all the all the rumors uh, surrounding Rosa and all the difficult uh, the difficult situations surrounding uh, the Rosa announcement. Uh, it looked like they were actually going to bounce back. I think they did very well from the start of the game uh, and grabbed two early goals, of course. Uh, but then. Uh, in the second half, obviously, Leipzig also missed some pretty big opportunities in the first half already. But then after the break, I think they stepped up the game and created plenty of chances. And at the end of the day, I think three points were well-deserved, uh, looking at they also had a goal disallowed and and stuff like that. Uh, so I think they they really uh, they really stepped up the game after the after the break and Gladbach were, had no chance, actually, uh, in the second half. Rune, I just want to quickly ask you about two things, actually, and it's almost a tale of two managers for me. Uh, mm. Obviously, Julian Nagelsmann makes a, a fairly big call at half-time with, with his substitution, bringing off uh, captain, obviously, Sabitzer, and then bringing, mm. off, uh, uh, bringing on struggling Alexander Sorloff, who, who's obviously not, not quite here, straps in an RB top. Certainly, me and Mark have uh, talked about that plenty. Um, and, of course, he made a substitution just before a free kick was taken to bring on Forsberg, and he almost scored directly from mm. that free kick as well. Uh, and then on the other side of it, obviously, we've got Marco Rosa, who is the outgoing manager and probably just wasn't able to react to it. So do you think maybe it's the... Obviously, RB did step it up and certainly were going for it because they needed to in terms of the title race. But maybe the difference there between the two managers showing a bit more tactical now. Yeah, I think so. But obviously, it was also a, a pretty big chance that Nagelsmann took by bringing off uh, Sabitzer. Could also mm -hmm. have backfired and uh, couldn't have gone according to plan. So, so yeah, 
Um, luckily for him, it worked out. But but as you said, Charlotte hasn't exactly been uh, been excellent since uh, since joining the club. So, but yeah, I mean they've been lacking a true goal scorer since Timo Werner left. So hopefully they can get him running uh, with Paulsen also getting on the score sheet. Um, that's something I think they've really been been lacking compared to Bayern, who have Lewandowski, and Dortmund, who have Holland, for instance. Um, so if they can get Sörlot up up and running, then uh, then it's a really good thing for them uh, being part of the championship uh, title race. Yeah, I think obviously one of the other things that we, myself and Rory, have mentioned quite a lot over the recent weeks is the fact that uh, sometimes a lot of teams, when the pressure is applied, when they have a chance to kind of challenge Bayern, obviously Bayern didn't win in the previous two games, often teams don't live up to expectation, you know. I mean, obviously, mm. we saw Frankfurt lose this week, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But mm. do you think that Leipzig have the mentality to go on and win the Bundesliga? Or do you think this game shows that perhaps when the pressure tells, then they don't quite have it at times, obviously going 2-0 behind in the first half? Yeah, difficult to say because, yeah, you can look at it that way that, of course, they shouldn't be... be uh, be conceding two goals in the first half, but they also showed that they can actually come back from being two goals down at halftime against a team like Gladbach. I think that shows a pretty good mentality. And uh, I also think that uh, it's a good thing for them that that they have uh, had some pretty big experiences in recent seasons. I mean, like uh, a few seasons ago, they were, they were all very inexperienced, but now they have been at the Champions League at a very fast stage last season. Uh, they've been part of the championship uh, race for a few seasons. Nagelsmann has also been been getting more experience. So I think uh, maybe they're growing that mentality. That mentality is growing for, for many of the players uh, due to the fact that they have been collecting more experience recently. Yeah, and uh, I'll just very quickly touch on, on the general situation at Gladbach foregoing this game, uh, as it seemed to be a half-decent reaction, actually, obviously, to, to the City mm. loss in midweek. Um, I mean, from from your point of view, Rune, you might be more in the know than perhaps me or Mark with regards to the Marco Rosa situation. Do you mm. think, firstly, that they just need to somehow terminate the contract as is and, and get something else in place before things really go south? It, it already looks like they're now struggling for even maybe top six, the way they're mm. going. And secondly, uh, moving on into, into next season and so on, obviously there is a good chance that the outgoing manager has has players in mind that he would love to take across to his new club in the shape of Dortmund. If mm. that does happen, then we'll obviously we'll be looking at a, a probably a mid-table Gladbach side next season at, at best if some of their better players were to leave. So maybe your thoughts on those two points. Yeah, it's, it's a real shame for Gladbach actually because I've, I, I think they have done well uh, holding on to their stars for, for quite a few seasons now and keeping the team together. But I think that because uh, Rose is now leaving, then it's it's pretty probable that that many of the of the big names could leave as well. Uh, players like Florian Neuhaus, who has been linked with various clubs, uh, not only Bayern but also clubs from from England. Um, a player like Denis Zakaria, uh, out of contract in 22, uh, has also been been rumored to be on the move. Um, a player like Nico Elvedi, who who uh, was actually in uh, pretty advanced ne negotiations with Gladbach uh, on a new deal, also on a contract uh, until 22. Uh, I'm thinking that maybe the the uncertainty surrounding uh, Rose's departure could lead to Elvedi uh, rethinking the situation, reconsidering his future, and uh, perhaps moving to England as well. So so I think it's uh, yeah, Rose's departure has really. Uh, destroyed their hopes of uh, like building something. Uh, it's like a, a house of cards falling together. Uh, it, it's certainly the impression you get also when you see how they perform on the pitch. Um, Neuhaus uh, actually did an interview uh, in the past week uh, claiming that that uh, the team uh, hasn't been impacted that much by by his departure. But, but when you look at their performances, then it certainly seems like it and that anything else would be Kind of strange, <laughs> I think. So, but but the question is, uh, who would they bring in if 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 say they terminated the contract now? Uh, I can't really see better alternatives available uh, at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, that's also a thing they will have to 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 consider. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the the next feature game. So obviously, uh, Leipzig is still second, two points behind Bayern Munich, who picked up a storming five-one win 
over FC Cologne. But the, the way I saw this game, it, it wasn't quite as straightforward as the scoreline looks, really. You know, I mean, obviously, Bayern went 2-0 up pretty early on, but then Cologne pulled the goal back. Then Bayern got back to 3-1. But then, I mean, to be honest, Cologne, they pretty much missed an open net, really, rolling against the post. I mean, that should have been 3-2. I mean, mm -hmm. what I wanted to ask you about this one, Huna, is obviously Bayern's defence. I mean, they just ship goals and chances left, right and centre, don't they? I mean, what, yeah. what do you think is wrong with Bayern's defence at the moment? Yeah, difficult to say. Uh, I just took a look at the table from last season and uh, it turns out they've already conceded as many goals as in the whole of last season, this season, uh, 32 goals. Um, I think it's it's a combination of different things. I think the the packed fixture list of last season has impacted the many of the players uh, who haven't been been able to like uh, match the form they showed last season. Uh, players such as Alfonso Davies, who has been actually been on the up recently, but from the start of the season he struggled a lot and was replaced by replaced by Hernandez for many of the games. A player like Benjamin Pavard has also struggled this season, um, and. And and obviously with with Alaba's uncertain future, I think that's also uh, impacted uh, Bayern's defense. He was like the rock of their defense last season, and uh, and he hasn't been been able to reproduce that form at all this season. Uh, so I think uh, it's a combination of of, of the packed fixture list, uh, tiredness, uh, injuries, um, players being out of form. That happens. I mean, like player like Alfonso Davies is still very young. Uh, obviously. The, the level he showed last season was unreal, but but it makes sense that he also has has uh, spells where he can't uh, play like that. Um, so and obviously also uh, Lucas Hernandez still not living up to the expectations. That record signing, uh, mm. not being able to to really impact the defense in the way they they were hoping. Yeah, I think uh, certainly looking at the defense. In, in the one area where we say Alaba is perhaps the outgoing defender, in theory they filled they filled that place next season anyway. Obviously with the signing of Upa Meccano, um, so for me that just really leaves right back, which is maybe the main problem area in in that defence. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously we'll, we'll have to see what what goes with that. Um, looking at the game itself, obviously Mark, I agree there were certainly chances for for Cologne, especially when when Drexler. Steals the ball from from Neuer coming uh, coming a wandering as he always likes to do. Um, this this occasion he got caught but did get away with it. Um, but there are some lovely assists actually from Leon Goretzka. He yeah. he is really turning into an all round genuine midfield. Obviously he's absolutely stacked and built like an absolute brick shit house. But let's let's be honest that before before maybe we saw his all round game come and develop. The goals and the assists weren't coming as much, but this season, I mean, a couple of his balls to the back stick, especially for Gnabry uh, late on in the game, I thought was really, really excellent. Um, and that, I mean, him in there with Kimmich, I mean, that is that's a midfield to die for, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, and and they have been missing Kuriska a lot. I mean, since the since they sold Thiago, they have. They have struggled because they only really have uh, Kimmich and Goretzka uh, been playing at the absolute top level. Uh, the other options they have, Boca and uh, Tuliso, haven't uh, haven't really stepped up. So of course it means the world for them to, to have Goretzka back, and especially at that level. Uh, I mean, a hat trick of assists, and uh, also got to mention his uh, his little touch uh, to take the ball past uh, Shikos yeah. uh, and, and giving it well, to Lewandowski. Also, uh, yeah, very great. Uh, so yeah. Uh, the fact that they have Goretzka back and the fact that they have Gnabry back as well, uh, two goals from him, um, also very important for them. Uh, and Thomas Müller also made his return, so yeah. injuries are starting to clearing up for, uh, to clear up for them. Yeah, I was just about to mention the man that you've just said there, Runa. I think he was a really key key uh, part of of the buy and sell. Is Thomas Müller? They may as well obviously rename him Thomas Assist Müller because. He's always there on hand for Leon Golski, um, who is obviously just just waiting to receive those passes. Uh, came on as a sub, and one minute later, he's got an assist. Yeah, he yeah. he certainly is a key cog for that team. And obviously, saying the return of Gnabry, obviously the scoreline suggests that Bayern are just starting to come hot at the right time. Would you think? Mm, yeah, I think so. But but I also agree with you guys. Uh, it wasn't as clear a win as 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 the scoreline suggests. Uh, they they were struggling at times, especially after uh, they conceded the goal. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, obviously it means a lot for them to to have some more offensive firepower and uh, 
as we as we talked about with with Leipzig before, uh, the mentality uh, at the top of the table. Müller has that mentality. Um, it's not just his assists and uh, goals. It's also the mentality he's, he brings on the pitch. The way he he gets his teammates to keep running and to keep uh, pressure at the, at all times is also very important for Bayern. Yeah, and obviously uh, looking towards the other end of the table, FC Cologne. I mean, they kind of put a good little run together, but that's back-to-back defeats for them now, backing up their defeat against Stuttgart last week. I mean, the way I see it with Cologne, they have tried to strengthen the squad. You know, they brought in Andre Duda, they brought in Emmanuel Dennis and Max Meyer, obviously from Crystal Palace. I mean, there is some quality in that side, Huna, but do, do you think there's enough in there to keep them in the division or do you think they're going to get relegated this year? Um, difficult to say. Yeah, I agree with you. They, they managed to bring in some real quality. Uh, what they have been missing this season is a real goal scorer, I think. Um, the fact that Anderson got injured uh, hurt them pretty bad. Uh, and, and Duda is a great player and they've played him up front, but he isn't like a real true uh, goal scorer. So, so hopefully mm-hmm. for them, Dennis can, can step up and, uh, and score the goals they've been lacking um, because uh, they have some real quality and also some, some really exciting young talent. Uh, so if they can manage to stay in this in the division, then they can build uh, build on that talent in the future. Um, they are surely part of the relegation race, I'd say, but but there are other teams there as well. So so it all depends on how they cope with the, with the upcoming fixtures. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to our third feature game, which was another five-one home win, actually. But no surprises this time that the opponents were indeed Schalke. I mean, it's not the first time they've lost by four goals this season, is it? So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's another battering for them. But I would say this was a similar game, actually, to the last one. I mean, it was 5-1, but Schalke had a lot of chances. Obviously, they missed the penalty through Bentaleb. They had a, they hit the bar a couple of times as well. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the worst performance you're ever going to see from Schalke. But, I mean, yeah, myself and Rory are big fans of Stuttgart. And we, we really enjoyed the way they played football this season. I think both of us had them down as relegation favourites at the start of the season. We did, we thought they were going to be like bottom four, bottom five anyway. But, I mean, for me, they've been fantastic this season. And uh, I just want to know what, what you think about them. And did you enjoy this performance from them? And do you think they are as good as what we think they are? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, obviously, they are, they are, they are a bit inconsistent. Uh, but but they're a very exciting team to watch. And I think they can score goals against anyone, actually. Um, even with Nicolas Gonzalez now out, they have uh, Sasa Kalaitzic, who's on a who's on a roll, uh, scored six goals in his last six games, uh, and uh, and Silas Vamangituka has also been great this season. Not his best period at the moment, but then they have other players who who steps up to score goals. I mean, uh, they've also uh, Sosa on the on the left flank. Uh, Ragging up a lot of assists, especially for Kalaitzic. Uh, so I think they have a, a really exciting squad. And also, I, I really enjoy the fact that they actually come forward on the pitch. Uh, like when you see a promoted team, you often see them stand back and uh, play defensive football. But Stuttgart are actually a really entertaining side to watch. And it, and it all seems to work for them, uh, which is a great thing. So, so uh, I understand why... Uh, they have made a positive impact on you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Any chance that we get to uh, to talk positively about Stuttgart, we always take. But uh, before before we go back to the actual game itself, because there certainly were some uh, some areas in which Schalke perhaps did not help themselves. Uh, case in point, the two endo goals, which are obviously just two two set pieces. Um, obviously, yeah. you've mentioned Bjorn Souza. His set pieces are, are obviously fantastic, especially going like, over to Kalaisic most of the time. Um, but yeah, from, from a Schalke point of view, obviously, um, Rune, you, you'll be aware of the the carnage that, that has been Schalke's season. Um, do you want to maybe talk about how, obviously, if we've got some Schalke fans watching this video as it goes out, maybe something about how they maybe can turn this around let's assume that they are going to be in you know in two bundesliga next season where where they have to build from do they just start do they just assume they're relegated now and just start building for next season Mm, yeah i think that's the impression you get uh when when they made the announcement earlier today to to relieve the the whole sporting management of their duties um I think the the impression i got was that they are looking for a guy uh, as a new coach to who can take them who can rebuild the, the side and bring them back to the Bundesliga uh, because 
it looks very difficult for them at the moment. And let's face it, um, it will it will be very tough for them to stay up this season. So, so what what I think they need is uh, they need to start from scratch uh, almost. I mean, get get some of the older uh, players on high salaries out of the club and and like uh, start uh, working on. I have some pretty exciting young talent like Matthew Harper, uh, Nassim Bujalab, uh, players like that, uh, Chiao back in the in the centre back position, um, who have done quite well this season. So. So I think, yeah, it's it's a case of what you sometimes see, uh, a club that needs to rebuild uh, totally. Um, now the, the the big task for them is to find a guy who actually wants to do that because, I mean, it's not the most attractive job at the, at the moment, let's face it, having already uh, sacked four uh, Manchester <laughs> coaches this season. Um, I mean, yeah. It, 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 uh, they will have to find a guy who, who wants to stay there long term. Uh, I think that's the most important thing for them. Um, I just re- read some rumors before coming onto the show here. Um, they're linked with uh, Domenico Tedesco, who, uh, who led them to a second place finish a few years ago, uh, currently without a club. Um, also, uh, the current Paderborn coach, Stefan Baumgart, is another name that's being mentioned in the German media. Um, they, they were already linked with him uh, earlier. Um, when Christian Gross took over, but uh, they opted for Gross at the time. But maybe Baumgart uh, already being a, a coach in the second Bundesliga could be uh, an option. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you raised a lot of good points there, you know, especially with regards to to maybe trying getting out some of these players on the bigger contracts. There seems like there's been a lot of, well, well obviously we've seen in the media as well, that there's basically a mass kind of collection of, of bigger players in the Schalke squad that tried to get grosser out of the club, basically, is what we've heard mm. in Matthew Revolt. Um, that that can't be how a football club is run. Uh, the, the At the end of the day, the players are accountable for their performances on the pitch. And most of these big players in the squad have not produced for, well, well over a year. And, and that's not good enough. So I completely agree with you in the fact that get these players out of the club, restart. Mm. As you mentioned, there seems to be a good setup at Schalke anywhere. We bring these players through get themselves some first-team football in in Bundesliga 2. And, and, well, obviously, you then need to attract a manager who is obviously willing to take on what is a huge project. So, yeah, from a from a Schalke point of view, maybe they need to take, a, you know, something from the Stuttgart playbook because they've obviously created a, an ethic. They've obviously backed the manager in terms of Matarazzo Pellegrino and he's come up and, and really attacked the Bundesliga. So maybe we'll see a Schalke team do that in a couple of seasons' time after their uh, effectively uh, confirmed relegation after another poor result. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, another bad day at the office for Schalke, for sure. Yeah, I think for me, I just don't understand how they managed to get into this position, really. A club like Schalke, you know, I mean, we're not talking about, with all due respect, Freiburg or Augsburg here. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about Schalke. I mean, this is yeah. one of the biggest clubs in you. And I mean, yeah, even you could even say one of the biggest clubs in Europe, really, if you look at the size of regular attendances. I mean, they could easily like sell an extra ten or 20,000 every week on top of the crowds they already get, you know. And I mean, it's just not good enough, really, as far as I'm concerned. It's just uh, from top to bottom, it's just not good enough, really. And they've really got to kind of, I agree with what you guys have said. They've got to basically get most of those players out of the club, maybe keep a few of the younger guys who've shown a bit of positive attitude. And the rest of the team's just got to be sold and they've got to try and go again in the second Bundesliga. But it's not going to be easy because obviously we've got Hamburg. They're in, the th- in their third season in the second division now. And it's not easy to get promoted at that level because it's like, I think it's one of the most even leagues in the world, to be honest. If you look at it every year, it's like just a few points separating the top teams, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes for them over the next year or so. That's for sure. Okay, so let's move on to the final, um, yeah, the final featured four game this week, which was indeed Werder Bremen versus Frankfurt. I mean, Frankfurt, we've been talking about for so long how fantastic they've been, you know, culminating in last week's brilliant 2-1 win over Bayern. Myself and Rory, we were saying like how they could even mount a title push and perhaps push Bayern towards that title, but obviously... They took the lead early on th- uh, through the returning Andre Silva in this game. But what happened in the second half there, Hune? Yeah, difficult to say. I think they were 
they were kind of bullied by by Werder actually uh, they really showed up and played some physical football uh, and and they weren't afraid to to like pick up a few yellow cards to to like take control of the game i think that worked for them uh, after the game Eddie Hütter said that that his team fell into Werder's trap uh, and i think that was pretty accurate actually um because as you said Frankfurt started very well and 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 Werder was struggling a lot but but i think that game plan worked i mean like uh, they had a, a very physical approach and uh, and and Frankfurt uh, struggled to to cope with that um I, I think that worked for for Werder um but but very surprising for everyone i think uh, looking at Frankfurt's performance against Bayern but then again this was a completely different game um with a team that uh, had a completely different approach uh, and maybe they're just better at facing uh, other types of opponents yeah, it's interesting. Um, certainly, may, maybe the favourites tag wouldn't have suited Frankfurt as much as maybe, despite their amazing form and and like maybe they gave obviously they gave a lot in the Bayern win. Let's be honest, it, it would have taken it out of them. Um, despite them not playing European football, I'm sure they obviously then having to back it up and go on Friday. Um, but I just want to touch on a few few incidents from the actual game itself, Runa, and and to be honest. Uh, looking at the VAR decisions, because there were some very, very tight ones, obviously, with regards to, well, the three Verde goals that, that were, were scored. Obviously, one of them was chalked off, and then, obviously, what well, two of them that did count. Um, and I've been very positive, actually, about VAR in, in the Bundesliga and how it's actually employed. I think there's a lot of smart decisions and clear thinking. Um, but for this this particular game, it felt like there was a bit of guesswork going on. Did you, did you catch the... The offside goals and did you what did you think of those decisions if you did see them uh yeah i mean i mean that's always i think there have been a few uh, dubious cases and 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 this was one of them i mean uh, sometimes it's i mean it, it's very it can be very difficult uh, to see whether where it's the right call or not i think and and uh, and i think they, there were some 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 dis- decisions you could discuss in this game, um, but that's just how it is sometimes uh, mm-hmm. with as you have seen in other leagues as well. Yeah, absolutely agree. And uh, ju- just from a, a Frankfurt point of view, uh, do you think it's just a blip in the road? Do you expect them to to react? Obviously, we'll be doing our prediction show for match day twenty four in due course. Do you do you think that they'll they'll just be able to recover and go strongly still for a top four finish? Mm, yeah, difficult to say. I mean, it would be really interesting to see how they will cope with this result because they were really on the roll, and then uh, they need to they need to show that mentality we were talking about earlier uh, to rise from this um, coming coming off the magnificent Bayern win. Uh, they they will need to to show some the right attitude to bounce back. Uh, so time will tell, but but. But obviously, they've shown that that they can beat anyone, and they've played some amazing football. So it's all about just finding that again. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to finish this match by just discussing Verder a little bit. Obviously, I think obviously last season they were very, very close to relegation. They only stayed up on away goals against Heidenheim. I mean, how would you say their uh, season is progressing under Kohlfeld? Because I mean, obviously. A few years ago, they were looking like a really good side who were pushing towards the European places, and it seems to have gone a little bit stale. I mean, in terms of the style of football and also in terms of the results as well. I mean, this season, the way I see it is that they're doing okay this season, but I guess for a club like Werder, I mean, obviously they've got a massive fan base, uh, very expectant fans. Do you think they'll be happy with what's happening there at the moment? Um, Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I think... I think they're they're looking at last season and they are thinking, okay, this is actually a step forward. But but then again, it's not like they're playing amazing football and uh, and many of the wins they've taken have been have been uh, really really close games. Uh, and so so I think looking back at last season, then then yes, sure, uh, things are going all right. But but you you expect more from Verda, and I think uh, they they will need to. They have potential uh, for more, as they have shown in the past. So, um, so I think it would be interesting to see next season. This seems like like an okay season for them, um, but they will have to keep pushing forward uh, next season. If they take a step back again next season, then then maybe they should uh, should consider the future and uh, also 
they've been holding on to Kofeld for now, but mm. but obviously they have to to see that that he's on the right path uh, in his project uh, going forward. Brilliant stuff. And uh, as we kind of bring bring the the OTBs featured for to a to a close in a minute, and, and we let you go, Arun. Um, what one question I always like to ask our guests and and put them on the spot as as always is. Uh, so first question is uh, title race wise. Uh, it, obviously, if you had to choose now, who are you going to back to win uh, the Bundesliga title this year? And then looking at the relegation race, which is obviously, of course, hotting up this, uh, you know, as, as the season goes on, who who do you think will, uh, will escape the drop or just tell us who you think your bottom three will be? Okay, uh, starting off with the title race, I... Yeah, the the obvious answer is Bayern, of course, uh, and and I think they will they will uh, they will manage to, to to win the title again. Uh, they've just been the most consistent team, and uh, yeah, I just don't really think Leipzig are ready are ready to 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 really challenge them yet. Um, I still think they they drop too many points against the mid mid uh, table teams and lower uh, a team from the lower half of the table. Um, but of course, if they can get, like I said, if they can get Sörlot uh, really going and, and he can start scoring goals like uh, Timo Werner did, uh, then maybe they do have a have shot. But but with with Thomas Müller and Gnabry Goretzka coming back, if they can stay injury free, then then I don't really see uh, see Leipzig challenging Bayern uh, for the title. So yeah, boring answer, but but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta be realistic. Yeah, and uh, your relegation. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I watched the the Augsburg Mainz games today. Today, and I, I really expected Mainz to to take that to take that win there as well. Um, so, so I was really surprised because I, f- I feel they've been showing some uh, some uh, good progress under Bo Svensson, um, and it, it, it seemed like things were moving in the right direction for them. Uh, so, I, I was kind of surprised about that loss. Um, I, I think, obviously, Schalke are. Our rock bottom and will probably stay there. I, I also think Bielefeld will probably uh, go down as well directly. Uh, and then the last spot is probably between Mainz and Köln and and Augsburg. I would say um, obviously Hertha are down there as well. But with the quality they have in their side, it just seems crazy that they're part of that uh, that relegation race. Um, the relegation playoff spot. I think it's hard to say, but but uh, but I'm pretty sure it will be between. Mainz, Augsburg, and uh, and Köln or Cologne, as you say. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, just before we let you go, Rune, we'll we'll just uh, remind the viewers of of all your details. So of course, uh, Rune, you are the the editor in chief of of Bui. Uh, Bully News. Uh, so obviously, if you want to go to, to Rune's website, please go to bullynews.com. Uh, so that is for everything, quite literally everything uh, about the Bundesliga and German football in English. So go check check out the website and uh, go give Rune a follow on Twitter. Just search for Bully News or type in bullynews.com and you will find him on there and you'll be able to keep in touch with all the things that are going on inside the Bundesliga. So, Rune, it's been absolutely fabulous having you on the show. I really appreciate your time and and we look forward to having you on in in the near future. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, see ya. Bye. Cheers, bye. Okay, so let's continue by just rounding up quite quickly the last five games of the weekend. So, yeah, still some interesting results in there. Obviously, I think no better place to start than with, obviously, third place now, Wolfsburg's comfortable 2-0 win over Hertha. Again, this was another of those games where I think the the result doesn't really tell the whole story, really. I mean, especially in the second half, Hertha Berlin had a lot of chances there. Piotek hitting the post and they had an overturned penalty as well, which uh, was they would be a little bit disappointed with. It was probably the correct decision, but a few years ago, that would have been a penalty, you know, before VAR. Rory, did you, did you anything else you want to mention about that game? Uh, not really. I think, as you, as you described, it was more of a grind for Wolfsburg. I'm sure many people would have predicted them to win. I certainly did in my accumulator, my failed accumulator, as always. Uh, <laughs> um, but, 
Yeah, it was important to see Wolfsburg react positively, not only to the Frankfurt loss, but obviously to all others around them winning, basically. Um, obviously, they wouldn't have known what was going on in terms of Bayern or RB, but it keeps them on the coattails of both of those two teams. And, you know, obviously, we mentioned that Frankfurt might have had a slim chance of a, of a Bundesliga title race. Well, uh, look no further than the third horse in the race, I would say, than obviously the Wolfsburg. They are now basically the form team. Their clean sheets keep on coming, which is obviously incredibly important. Uh, Castile's in there has, has been a real saviour for them and on a number of occasions. And then you mentioned the, the centre-back pairing that you really like in the form of Brooks and Lacroix, uh, who obviously got the goal late on as well to secure the three points. So, yeah, um, from an Arnold corner. So, yeah, impressive that, they, that they've backed that up with a, with a win and... Um, yeah, uh, obviously, from Hertha's point of view, it wasn't a bad performance. They they certainly did have a few chances. Kadira going off injured in the second half wouldn't have, you know, wasn't uh, a massive help to them. So I'm sure they'll go again. And as Rune, you know, alluded to, they've got quality. It's just they have to get themselves out of this. Yeah, they do. And they've got to start picking up results fast because time is running out. I mean, we've only got 11 more games after this now. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, moving on to the next game, improving Dortmund with another 3-0 win, backing up their 4-0 uh, uh, Riviera Derby win over Schalke last week. I mean, obviously, it's on paper, it looks like they're really improving. I mean, obviously, they've got uh, the last two games in aggregate of 7-0 in their favour. But, I mean, when you consider the games that they played, I mean, you have got to question a little bit. I mean, obviously, for me, the game against Bayern next week is going to say whether they really have improved over these two games. I think, obviously, the other key point is the, the continued improvement of Sancho with a goal and an assist. Obviously, the goal coming from a penalty, but still. And it's actually his 50th assist in 95 Bundesliga games as well. So, I mean, that's just incredible statistics, really. Right. I think this has probably been his weakest season. I think he probably admits it himself. But he is, I think, since Christmas, he's starting to come back to his old form. And he's starting to play a lot better, Rory. Yeah, the return of Sancho, 100%. I, I think he was fantastic in this game, actually. Uh, the real catalyst for, for attacking moves. Uh, always finds his man in the shape of Haaland. He's always looking for him on the move. And, and more often than not, he finds him, which obviously creates panic in, in defensive shapes. Um, the only one thing maybe from this game is that they could have been punished from not taking their chances in the first half when Cordova goes through on goal. Yeah. Uh, if he's clinical there, they go in one nil down and then maybe the panic sets in. So yeah, so they'll want to they'll want to make sure that they're very clinical in terms of in terms of how they train and prepare for obviously the classica next weekend, of course, which is going to be huge and as you said, will be a real test of how far they've come uh, in terms of their improvement in recent weeks. Yeah, I think as for Bielefeld, they just need an easier fixture, don't they? I mean, it just seems as though every week it's Bayern or Wolfsburg or Dortmund. It's like they need a... I mean, obviously, actually, next week they play Union at home, which isn't the easiest game, but it's more winnable than some of the yeah. previous fixtures they've had in recent weeks. So we'll have to see if they can get a much-needed win there. OK, moving on from that, uh, onto the Sunday games, we had a one-all draw between Union Berlin and Hoffenheim. Like, for me, probably Hoffenheim should have won this game, really. I was quite impressed with them. I think, I think Bebu, I, I remember texting you during the game, Rory, and I just said he misses so many chances. But then, again, the goal for Hoffenheim did come from a... It seemed like it was another mistake. I remember they profited a few weeks ago against Dortmund from a similar goal, actually, with the goalkeeper punching it against... I mean, I think they actually gave it as a Schlotterbeck uh, own goal. Own goal, yeah. To me, it looked like it was Bebu, really. I was a little bit surprised that they gave it to Schlotterbeck because I thought Bebu kind of diverted it in myself. But it was mm -hmm. one of those 50-50 ones. But for me, Hoffenheim, they did. They played pretty well in this game and they had quite a lot of chances, Rory. Yeah, I think they were the dominant team, to be fair, which I actually thought would be the complete opposite way, given the fact that they went out in Europe in midweek and given the fact that Union had picked up a couple of decent results and have Max Kruse back, who obviously, yeah. you know, has had an impact on this game anyway. Um, yeah, 
The problem is when Cromeridge plays, obviously he's, he's key to how they play. Obviously he links up play really well, and more often than not he sets up his teammates. Obviously in the shape of Babu, which he had a lot of chances as a result of Cromeridge linking up play, the problem for Hoffenheim is that no one other than Cromeridge is that clinical in front of goal. And even Cromeridge has his days, but obviously Cromeridge has had a really good season, I think. Obviously he's missed a chunk of the season through injury as well, so that's been important, but... Quite an impressive display from Hoffenheim. I, I was quite surprised. I thought they'd be down in the, you know, down in the gutters after going out of Europe. So yeah, a, a decent point for them. Absolutely. So that keeps both of those sides in mid-table, really. Obviously, Union are maybe five, six points ahead of Hoffenheim. So um, another big shock, actually. Well, I say it's a shock, but actually, given the recent form of the sides and the way that things have gone since Christmas, perhaps the uh, Freiburg's 2-1 win over Leverkusen is not such a surprise. But, I mean, I, it just seems though Leverkusen's season is going from bad to worse to shocking, really, at the moment, you know. I mean, obviously, Leverkusen were top of the league until the week before Christmas when they obviously lost. We've talked about that game a lot as the turning point, really, the game against Bayern. But, I mean, what's happening to them? I mean, obviously, going out of Europe against young boys at Bern in midweek, it's just going from bad to worse, isn't it? Like, actually, before this game, a few people said to me, should I back Leverkusen this week? And I said, no, don't back Leverkusen. They're playing so badly at the moment, Rory, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm struggling to think whose implosion so far this season is worse, Gladbach's or Leverkusen's, because... Uh, <laughs> But maybe it is Leverkusen because they, as you said, they were top before that Bayern game. And since then, it has been utterly dreadful, other than maybe the win against Dortmund where they turned up. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm lost at why they're playing so badly. Um, I think they've made some OK signings in, in some English lads who have come over. Uh, well, not English in the shape of Fossi Mensa, but played in England. Uh, but he's picked up an injury today, I believe. Damare Gray got his first start and he did look lively, actually, to be fair. So that was maybe one good point for them. But yeah, Freiburg have done a number on them. They Obviously, they very rarely win at Leverkusen as well. So it's a huge result for Freiburg. And as we were talking earlier, it brings them a lot closer to, to Leverkusen now in the table. And... Who's to say who's going to grab that sixth place now? Obviously, Leverkusen are three points uh, inside of sixth, uh, ahead of Union and Freiburg, who are just behind them, and then Gladbach are now down in ninth. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting who, who manages to nick that sixth spot. It looks really open right now, especially the way Leverkusen are playing. Yeah, I mean, even Stuttgart at the moment, you know, if they can beat Gladbach next week, then they're right. Sorry, they play... Uh, uh, Eintracht, sorry, they play Eintracht. If they can win that game, then they're right back in the European uh, places as well. So, I mean, mm -hmm. if they can continue, they're not out of the race of getting sixth or yeah, getting that sixth spot. So, yeah, moving on to the last game of the week, it was uh, the bottom of the... Well, I wouldn't say it's probably a bit harsh on Augsburg, isn't it, to say bottom of the league. They're probably like lower mid-table, really, more than anything, you know. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, we've talked about Augsburg manage, managing to get these kind of scrappy 1-0 away wins against lower teams, and they've done it again, haven't they? I think, actually, I think Huna also mentioned that he fancied Mainz to win this game. And I think we all, we both hit Mainz in our prediction show yeah. as well. So I think there was a lot of support for Mainz. But yeah, Augsburg, once again, getting the win when they need it, Rory. Yeah, and and unfortunately, the game has been decided on another goalkeeping error. Uh, poor old Robin Zenter. Don't like to hammer home on goalkeepers too much, especially in this in this context, because he, he has obviously cost his team the points uh, in a relegation race. So he'll he'll not be feeling too fresh this evening, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's fine margins in relegation races and Especially when you're on a bit of a good run, you want to you want to start positively and you know really get on get on the front foot. And they started to do that, and then that mistake, and then ugh, heads just drop, keepers' confidence drops, the defenders' confidence in their keeper drops as well. As a result, it's a crazy moment. He just literally passes it straight to Niederlechter in front of him. He's obviously trying to play it to the man just to the side of him, uh, which keepers often do, trying to break the lines uh, for this passing from the back, ticky-tacker stuff that we often see teams in the relegation zone playing. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> you can't play ticky-tacker if you're in the relegation zone. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a mad moment, unfortunately, and it's cost his team. 
yeah, and Augsburg picking up the win, like they always seem to, in, in just good timing. But I wouldn't discount Mines. I think they're still well within a shower of getting out of trouble. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that playing out from the back, actually, because I, I watch a lot of football and I, I just can't believe the tactics sometimes. I mean, we saw Gladbach doing it against Man City as well in midweek. I, did, I can't see how it can help a team like Gladbach when they're playing Man City. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, come on, just boot it long, guys. You've got some big guys up top, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know that everyone wants to play this beautiful football, but as you say, when you're in that bottom four or five, you can't, you're not good enough to do that at the end of the day mm -hmm. for most of them. You know what I mean? And it's just, um, you've got to use a bit of tactical nous as well. There's more than one way to play football, you know. It might be easy coming from from England, you know, like the, the land of uh, hoofball, as they call it. And it's <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it just seems like madness to me when you see some of these lower teams playing like, playing out from the back against top teams, you know. It's madness. But yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's pretty much the end of our, our roundup of the nine fixtures. So let's go on to the hero and zero of the week. So as you know, for our regular watchers, we do a hero and zero of the week. Who impressed us the most? Who had the biggest impact? And who messed up big time? So over to Rory for the hero. Yeah, very quickly then, the hero um, goes to the player that we have given quite a lot of pelters to actually in, in recent weeks and certainly for his impact on or lack of impact on the team. Uh, but yeah, Alexander Sorloff uh, for his impacts coming off the bench, coming on for your captain at half time to get an assist and then a last minute winner. Yeah, fair play to him. It was a really good performance actually for him. He kind of drifted out to the left a lot, but then was in the right area at the right time to get that headed goal. Um, so, yeah, well done to Alexander Sorloff. Let's see how, how he goes from here on in. Maybe that's the start of his RB career. Absolutely. And as for the zero, it seems as though every single week the zero is the goalkeeper. I think it's like the fifth week in a row it's been a goalkeeper. And once again, the biggest mess up of the week was Robin Sentner of Mainz giving away uh, a point. I mean, it wasn't the best performance from Mainz, but it still probably got a point if it wasn't for this mess up. So, yeah, I think it's got to be Robin Sentner of uh, Mainz. So, yeah, that pretty much brings an end to the show of uh, the review for week 23 of the Bundesliga season. So let's just close by reminding you guys, if you if you enjoyed the show, remember to check out the Over the Bar FB Twitter following. You can find everything football related. You can find uh, the League One show, which is also one of our big kind of talking points as well. I've also done some appearances on that. So make sure you get uh, watching that. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, also every, we also do a lot of writing as well. I know Rory's uh, got a couple of pieces in the in the go on the go, so yeah, make sure you check them out. And also remember otbfootball.net, which is our central site. Uh, we, yeah, we put a lot of work into it, so make sure that you check it out and check out the Bundesliga page uh, on there. And obviously, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, because the more subscribers, the more help we have. So that's pretty much everything. So thank you again to Rory and uh, Hune for obviously your fantastic uh, insights into the week. And I will see you next week. Here's all.